Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hey, hello. What's up, buddy? Not much, man. It's uh, just excited about the, uh, what well, seems like winter's coming. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> Had some really cold rain over the last two, the last week, and uh, and California's getting washed out. So, you know, what was it? A week ago, they were complaining about drought conditions, and then <laughs> they said they had the fourth highest rainfall in California since 1850 or something. Really? Yeah. I haven't been watching any news or anything. <laughs> well, we were up north camping, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're just, they're just getting lambasted on the, uh, on the wet, on the wet coast. Awesome. So it's, it's like, okay, I guess we're, uh, we're, we've moved beyond the, uh, forest fire season. <laughs> well, we've been getting a lot of, uh, rain here lately. Yes, we have. Yeah. Over the last two weeks, it's been either raining or threatening to rain pretty yeah. much constantly. Getting tired of rain. Yeah. I, I kind of like rain. You can have it. <laughs> Every time I've gone away this year, it's rained. It just means you can curl up with a book. Not when you're trying to paddle <laughs> 15, 20 kilometers. So I would agree there. So it's uh, depending on, I say depending on the temperature. If it's a, if it's a warm July, oh, it's middle of July, then it's like, yeah, I'm getting wet, whatever. Yeah. But if it's like miserably cold and it's like rain and sleet and you're like trying to paddle and you're like, your eyes can't stay open because the, the rain keeps pelting you and, and then it, yeah. Your beard's freezing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's just not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind paddling in rain, but <laughs> yeah, some point. Okay. It, it gets, I think, I think what it comes down to is rain combined with cold. Yeah. If it's going to be precipitating in the cold, I'd prefer it be snow. Well, funny you should mention. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we when we uh, were heading up north on Friday, uh, last Friday, we we're heading up to Mew Lake. Um, oh, the Halloween thing. The Halloween thing, yeah. It, yeah like I said, we talked about it a, a couple weeks ago, getting your winter camping gear ready to go and give it a test out if you can and set it up in your yard, clean stuff out. We, uh, we Halloween's great because it's... Some sometimes it snows, sometimes it rains, sometimes it's nice. Yeah, uh, but that's a good one to to get everything up there because if it is cold, it's not, you know, like maybe it's a couple of degrees below zero uh, Celsius, and or it's around there sort of thing at nights. But uh, I think at one point I saw it was like twelve. <laughs> 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 but when we were driving up, there was some snow flurries happening. Yeah. And I guess that Friday morning, because a bunch of people were up there Thursday night, mm-hmm. so or Thursday, so Thursday night into Friday morning, at some point there was some snow and frost and and whatnot, so everything looked really, really nice. Uh, but no, we got up there Friday and managed to set everything up. Now, one thing we can set up our big, our, well, we got the big new uh, Atook Creek. 12 by 17 hot tent. Yeah, it's a little on a small side, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, <laughs> it's enough to park my truck in. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's. I mean, we upgraded last year, right? Yeah. And we only got to use it once last year because everything else was canceled. So we, we took that up and just wanted to make sure it was working out right. We had our sleep system right for the year and everything was going to work out well. But the one thing we found is when you set it up like you're supposed to set it up 
the way the zipper is on the, the main door, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the only door, I guess. Um, it's like, it's trying to pull it apart. So it's hard to close the door. Oh, it's too. Yeah. It's, yeah. But when you get that stove going and everything warms up so much easier. It's like everything warms up, gets flexible, and you can open and close that door like no problems. (laughs) But when we first, because that's what we're saying, like, we did this at home. Mm -hmm. There's no problem. We didn't have this. What's going on? Well, it was much colder because when we we did it at home, it was like 20 degrees. And when we did it on the weekend, when we got up there, I think it was around six or something like that, degrees Celsius. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it was, it was the issue. But after that, it was like, yeah, okay, let's get this thing warmed up and everything works like a charm. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, you know, there was, cause usually there's, there's along the highway 60 corridor in Algonquin park, there's a bunch of different campgrounds for the people that don't like to go back country sort of yeah. thing during the summer as they bring their camping trailers and tents and all that. So Mew Lake is the one where they hold all the events usually. Right. So like Halloween, uh, New Year's, they call it Mew Years. Yeah. Uh, then there's a uh, family day weekend is at Mew Lake as well. And this Winter year, wild. this year they, I think they did it were did it or were supposed to do it last year. Lake of two rivers is just a couple, uh, a couple of kilometers down the road. And people keep calling it L-O-T-R, and I keep thinking, Lord, Lord of, the, of the, Rings. the Rings. Yes. I don't know how many times <laughs> I started saying, yeah, I'm going over to the Lord Lake of the Rings, Lake of the River. I'm going over there. <laughs> Lake of Two Rivers, L-O-T-R. Uh, so there's a giant hobbit display. <laughs> so, yeah, so they opened Lake of Two Rivers. Now I'm just going to say it. Uh, they opened Lake of Two Rivers this year, and it was packed. And then farther down the road, the other way, I think it's maybe five kilometers, ten kilometers Canis down. Canis Bay? Canis Bay. We always call that one Canis Bay. Was that open too? Cannabis Bay. Uh, yeah, they, they opened Canis Bay as well. Wow, so like, it's that popular so that they filled people. three gra- campgrounds. Yeah. Wow. Well, Canis Bay wasn't totally full, and I think that one's more tense, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. There's, I, I don't, don't think, think Canis Bay any, has any powered sites. I don't think there's any electrical sites. Do they have any at uh, Lord of the Rings there? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have Well, sites? see, this is the big thing is everybody like, this time of year, they decorate their sites. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah. now, you know, at Christmas time, they've got all the... Um, Santa Clauses and reindeer yeah. blow up thingies. Yeah. Well, they got all that stuff for Halloween now too, right? <laughs> and there is there is a couple of really good ones, but uh, yeah, so many people get right into the decorating, and the kids come around and do the the trick or treating. So this year it was just like let the kids grab the mm-hmm. the candy sort of thing. I said, well, if they come up, they hold their bag open. I'm just going to throw it at them to do the social distancing. <laughs> You know, Tracy's just saying (laughs) someone might lose an eye. Well, that just make it more gory, which is amongst the theme of Halloween. It it right into Halloween. You know, no, no, just take my fun on right out of it. Thank you very much. 
Hey kids, we're giving away cans of pop this year. <laughs> Open the bag. <laughs> Catch. <laughs> Slingshot at the back of the campsite. <laughs> Look at this display. Bodies everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it looks so authentic. <laughs> looks authentic. Wow. Well done. Good this job. This guy really sir. tries. Yeah. Good job, Mr. Rowley. <laughs> look, you can, they're even moaning and groaning. <laughs> and then, Animatronic. And it looks like, look like real blood. <laughs> That's not just your garden variety ketchup, buddy. <laughs> we go for authentic. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, so we got up there and we, we set everything up and, um, yeah, you know what? Like, uh, everything's working fine this year so far. Yeah. You know, we had a good time. We went and did a hike. Oh, my battery died again on my truck. Oh. Yeah. It's even... working fine. Yeah. And... Yeah, just went to, because we're going to go into Whitney to buy a firewood, right? You just leave a... Nope. The bed light on or... Nothing. Nothing. Everything oh. else worked. Huh. Like the lights were working, the whoop, whoop. Yeah. So I remember one New Year's you had the same problem. Well, no, that was back in Tomogamy when we came out of Tomogamy Okay, yeah, year. yeah, that too. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know what the deal yo is, hmm. but I think uh, time for a new battery. What about rain? There was some sprinkly when we were getting ready to leave, but they, they were saying rain. It was supposed yeah. to rain. And it was either going to rain or snow on Saturday, mm-hmm. and it did neither, hmm. which was nice. Yeah. So you got we got out for uh, we did the the um, the airfield at Mew and stuff like that. We went down towards so we could actually went down to uh, Lake of Two Rivers. Okay, the, the actual lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can walk all the way through there and we did a little tour back through the, the okay. old airfield yeah. and, and stuff and along the, the Madawaska river and stuff and hung out, walked through the, the campground and just relaxed. Nice. You know, um. So your tent's hanging in the garage drying right now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it didn't, it, it didn't, when we were packing up to leave, they said it was supposed to start raining at 11 o'clock. Yeah. And, um. There were some drops. Yeah. But nothing. That's good. And it wasn't till we were actually probably almost the the west gate that it actually started raining. Hmm. So, lucked out there. Yeah. So, but we need to, uh, we, we got to wash it. I got to order some canvas tent wash stuff so that it can, it's dirty. No, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, because last year when we. You, you were in mud when yeah, you left. We, yeah. Where we set up the tent was a giant mud pit. Mm-hmm. Uh, after all that rain, so, uh, so yeah, so I think we're pretty much ready for, um, you got your, uh, New Year's and you get the bugs, the cobwebs are kind of pulled out and you're ready to go as you figured out everything. Totally ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. We got everything all, all the little bits, uh, all worked out. So nice. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's nice to be able to have two chairs in there and <laughs> two beds in there and a living a room table, and a kitchen, wine cellar. <laughs> A little loft for friends to sleep in up there. <laughs> I took pictures and posted them because some people wanted to see the pictures. But the yeah. way, you know how when a real estate agent takes pictures of your house, it's like they make it look massive because yeah, they're yeah. doing it in the corner. Yeah. Our our tent, I think, looks about twice as big as it <laughs> actually a, is. Use the fisheye lens. Yeah, and- <laughs> yeah, you know. Got a whole bunch of shorter people to make it look dressed up. <laughs> Got a bunch of little kids dressed up as adults. The far side. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a football field in here. Yeah, look at that. So, no, we had a good time up there and uh, all ready to go. 
Uh, met a lot of friends that we haven't seen in a in a year. I know it's uh, it's catching up with people. Eh? Yeah. That's a bonus of of doing like stuff like this again because it's not like we there's no trade shows to go to there's no uh you know the the winter camping symposium didn't go and there's so many things that it's like normally you kind of connect with people and friends and you know people that live far away that you don't normally connect with and uh so it's it's nice it's uh man we haven't seen john van berger face to face in well it was be the canoe symposium the camping the uh canoe symposium wasn't it? Yeah. Or, that, or was that ago? canceled? A couple of years ago. 2020. So the the winter camping symposium went in 2019. Was. 2019. Was he up for it? Yeah. So he it would have been the winter we one because yes. he was here for that. We saw him for the yeah. the, the spring 2020, winter 2020 yep. symposium. Yep. So we're going on two years. Wow. Yeah. yeah, like it's a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just funny because we talk to him so much. Like it's like we we're talking with him like weekly or sometimes daily, and uh, you kind of forget that you haven't seen the guys faced in face in like mm-hmm. uh, almost two years. Well, yeah, because when we uh, record, we just do audio. Yeah. We don't actually use video. Mm-hmm. Is it like right? he is a coworker? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we get we get up there to these things, and you you meet people that you. You haven't seen or meet new people. I, I met a whole bunch of uh, listeners mm-hmm. to our, our, our podcast. And I got to give a shout out to Jolene and Jason Brown. Uh, we are this evening drinking Bosch Kung Brewing Company beers from around their area. And uh, what do we got? The 35 and 118 cream ale. It's not too shabby, eh? Um, whoops. Just looking at here. Yeah. And the other one is the North Country Keller beer. So we'll try that one next. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, she, uh, Jolene passed a couple cans off to me for this week's awesome. show we, while we were getting ready to leave. And it's like, awesome. This. Thank you, us, Jolene. Give us something to uh, test out. And uh, yeah, the, the cream ale is pretty good. I'm enjoying that. I did buy a couple other beers for while I was sitting around the campfire up there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about them. <laughs> they weren't so good, eh? You know what? The, <laughs> the chocolate cranberry stouts I've tried. Oh, that sounds weird. And there's been, I think, one that hasn't been too shabby. Yeah. But for the most part, if it's a seasonal thing, I, I, I'll buy a can of this. I'll give it a whirl. Sean, don't you ever <laughs> learn. <laughs> Anything with chocolate cranberries yeah and even the coffee stuff like i know like well, our uh, it guy kevin he loves the the coffee porters mm-hmm. ah, i just can't wrap my head around that the it just uh, doesn't do it for me what's it uh something collective arts collective arts brewing they always come up with all these new things right and uh so recently we discovered that uh, they had this origin of darkness series it's uh four different uh, dark beers and they're like a triple or quadruple stout heavy heavy stout and they uh, you know there's an oatmeal there's a they have various flavors and so when we were at Sandbanks we uh, me and Siobhan tried tried one of them and and uh, so we were Siobhan didn't like them they were a little bit too dark too stouty right and she she loves Guinness I liked it. It was unusual, but I liked it. But what was a shocker was, uh, so we're reading the labels and, you know, what's in it and what's the flavors and yada, yada, yada. And we come to learn that they're like 12, 13% alcohol. 
Really? Like, oh, it's a good thing it's a small can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> these ones are just 5%. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, Bosch Kung Brewing Company's in Minden, Ontario. Oh, there we go. So we'll give that one a whirl uh, in the second half of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, I almost stole their dog. Oh, who's they got a Jolene? Uh, Jolene and Jason. Yeah. They got a new little. Not really. I didn't actually ask. It looks like a really dark, um, like a black. German Shepherd. Oh, okay. But he's only like, looks like four or five months old. Mm-hmm. It's all fluff and... All fluff? Yeah. Really dark? Really dark, really playful. Yeah. But I think I would have been in line for people that wanted to steal him. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do we got here? Oh, the paddle logger. We've talked about the paddle logger. We did uh, for the the Apple the iPhone. There it's it's for the um, Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're out paddling, you can use voice to say, "Hey, start logging," and it tracks your yeah. You can track your route. It does your mileage, and it keeps track of your your paddling for a season. You can put in notes and so on, right? And uh, so uh, when we first learned about this, they stated that they were eventually they're going to come up with an Android version. I, I think we talked about this. Maybe it was a year last ago. year. Yeah, yeah. And even on their website, it says Android. So you click Android, and it talks about this is not here yet. Not here yet. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so this week they uh, earlier in the week. They uh, emailed out anybody. I was, I'm on the list, the waiting list for information, right? And yeah, so, if you go to their site and click on Android, you can put your email in. For updates, yeah. So when they have the Android version, they'll send you a message and go, hey. Yeah. So I was excited. I saw this email. It's like, uh, it's like uh, paddle logger. Oh, hey, they've got something. Yay, it's about time, right? It's kind of late in the season, but I'll be able to use it next year. Anyway, so they sent out this email update. And... Uh, so it, the it, it was kind of a there's redundant wording. I, I don't think the guy normally uh, interacts with the public. Maybe I don't know, but uh, they basically, if I was to render down what their update was, it was it would be sort of uh, it, it was be sort of like, uh, hey, we have an update that uh, that we more or less intend to follow through with something or something or other at some unknown time in the future or not, maybe. It's like, and I had to read it like twice. It's like, <laughs> what are you telling me? Is there an update? No, there's the update is the fact that they don't have an update or they, they, and they don't know when it'll happen. And, or if they, they're pretty sure it's going to happen. <laughs> they're just going to build it from the ground up is what they plan well, to do. So that's their intent because uh, mm-hmm. a lot of times when somebody creates an app for say iPhone, uh, it'll normally be just kind of flipped over and uh, done for Android with the same sort of uh, with the same sort of uh, uh, software, right? But it doesn't always match; doesn't work perfectly. So they want to write it that is designed from the ground up for Android, so that there's no bugs, there's no quirks. It's uh, designed specifically for Android, not just a copy of the iPhone version. So, which is good, but <laughs> it was basically an update saying they don't have really anything to tell us. Well, yeah. Okay, thanks. 
In a nutshell, this is still important to us, but we don't have a date at the moment. <laughs> we'll be in touch with more concrete update once things start taking shape. And thank you so much again for your support. <laughs> well, the Android people realistically aren't supporting you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's you like, know, it, on one hand, it's nice that they're putting out this because sure, people are asking yeah. questions, but on the other hand, it's kind of a giggle. And I, <laughs> I guess maybe in a way it kind of reminds people, it's like, oh yeah, that's out there. I was waiting for that. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe in another year. <laughs> it's a definite possibility of being a maybe. Yeah, definitely maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, speaking of, we talked about that guy that joined the search party. Yes. For himself. Was it Kurdistan, Pakistan? I don't know where it was. Yeah, over that way. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they are calling out his name, and he's going, wait, 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 wait a minute, that's me. <laughs> that's my name. Why are you calling this Why call my name? Well, the guy's missing. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm right here. I'm right here in the search party. <laughs> so this week, there's been a couple of things going on in regards to people being lost. The first one, we'll just get right off. I'm not, we're not going to get too much into it, is that viral thing that's going around telling you when you get lost, if your phone's dying or whatever change your voicemail yeah and all the search and rescue companies are or organizations not companies um are saying no yeah don't follow that this is bad information yeah this is harmful don't do that. it if kills you, your battery quicker yeah. it, it uh, may misdirect people and if nobody calls you they're not going to know you're missing yeah they say <laughs> text yes like they say call call 911 yeah for one, or text nine one one. Yeah, I don't know if you could just actually text. Is there nine one star nine one one? I'm going to have to look into that yeah. now because I've never thought about. Texting I, I just them. thought about it right now. So. Because as we're reading this stuff, there they were saying text on your phone takes less battery power. Yeah, and one of the guys in, in one of the parts I was reading says the majority of people that call the first words out of their mouth. I've got less than 3% of my battery left. I have to talk quick, which makes it difficult for yeah. search and rescue. But uh, if you see that on Facebook or any social media, you're, you're going to see a lot of it. It went viral. But now everybody's saying, don't do this. Yeah, just don't do just it. And don't search. change your voicemail. Because if you don't have cell phone service even, well, you're, you're wasting gonna... battery power trying to change. But you're not going to call 911 either if you don't have cell service. But what the thing is, is when you get, you're, you're conserving that little bit of battery until power. Until you do get a signal. Until yeah. you do get a signal, right? Because if you don't have a signal, you're not changing your, your voicemail anyway, and you've just killed your battery. So anyway, so you came across... Uh, the lo well, we both came across this one. Yeah. The lost hiker. The phone's ringing and he's, I don't recognize that Unknown number. caller hang up. Decline. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it was search and rescue called him like, I don't know, half dozen or 10 times. And, mm -hmm. and he kept hanging up on them. And they're like, we're trying to save you, man. And, but in, in his defense, he did not consider himself lost. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody else had reported a overdue hiker 
and this guy he 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 left a trail that was common for people to get misdirected when it's getting in the waning light and so he left the trail at that point and he kind of made his way through the woods he says oh, i don't know where i'm going i know it's i'm going northeast yada 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 i just have to keep going and eventually he found his car went home and and the next day somebody says yeah that guy you're looking for yeah we just started looking for him again this morning you have to stop 3 a.m yeah he's home yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so they called him. He explained the situation, and so nobody got in trouble. But it's like what I think. Why the thing that kind of sticks in everybody's mind, in my mind, is like, dude, just answer your phone. Yeah, he said. He said that he had no idea they were out looking for him. And the one notable takeaway is that the the subject ignored repeated phone calls from us because they didn't recognize the number. Yeah. Uh, if you're if you're lost and the phone rings, answer it. It might be someone trying to help you. But again, he didn't realize he didn't consider he didn't consider himself, himself yeah, lost, yeah. right? But he left a uh, a plan with somebody saying, "Okay, I'm going out here. Here's when I'm going to be back." And yeah. So if you say I'm going to be back at dinner time, and he was overdue, and you know it's midnight or whatever, mm-hmm. and 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 you're not back yet. Somebody's going to be calling. So you need to be, if yeah. your phone's ringing. Think about your own plan. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm supposed to be at back at dusk before dark. It is now dark, and I keep getting these irritating phone calls from somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm lost. I don't need my ducks clean. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I guess one point I would like to make before we end this is, uh, so... Why would SAR, why would Search and Rescue have or not transmit their caller ID? If you're calling somebody mm-hmm. and you're Search and Rescue, why wouldn't it pop up on somebody's screen, Search and Rescue? Like, y- you can turn that function off in your own phone. So if I'm calling somebody, I can say, or, or, or there's a checkbox in your phone. It's like submit or transmit your uh, caller ID or do not transmit caller ID, right? Mm-hmm. So search and rescue had do not transmit caller ID. So showing up on his phone is unknown caller. Right. So now they are saying that what sounds perfectly common sense in hindsight at the time, isn't always common sense. Correct. When you're out there. Right? Absolutely. Uh, what, did he, what did this guy say? Please remember that what seems like common sense in hindsight is not obvious to a subject in the moment when they are lost and panicking. If you find yourself in an emergency situation, you should always communicate with search and rescue if you can. If you have cell service, it's a huge help just to call search and rescue. How many people, I mean, besides 911, mm-hmm. how many people actually know the search and rescue phone number for your area where you are? Uh, I don't know that too many people would. It's not something you'd think of looking up ahead of time. I'd say less than 1%. I think everybody would just automatically call 911. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, if you have cell service, it's a huge help. It's highly useful to have some two-way communication. That way you can explain the situation so they can respond appropriately and give definitive help. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they do talk about is, is again, like the thing that matches your cell phone with a satellite communication device sort yes. of thing. Yeah. So. 
Or even even the fact of, and we've mentioned this in the past, uh, what three words. Mm-hmm. So if you have the app, you can pick the, you can go onto the app, find the three words for your current location, and you can text the. Uh, all you could do is text what three words colon, and then give the three words, and uh, boom, the search and rescue would know exactly where to find you, right? Yeah, and that's if you got the. So, that's and, if you have self uh, service. Yeah, the, again, the, that again. what three words people are bashing that uh, all over the place. Yeah, I, I've I've used it my. Not, I haven't used it, but I've played with it. So mm-hmm. I've never had to use it in anger, but it seems to work very well. It's in anger. In anger. That's the term. You never heard that? I could use that in anger. <laughs> Come find me! It's a comedy. Google it. Use something in anger. It means you actually use it. Use it for its purpose at the moment for what it was designed for. Use it in anger as opposed to playing with it. All righty. <laughs> I always use that term. Used in anger. Yeah, I always use it when I've like, never when used you're mad. my fire extinguisher. First time I ever used my fire extinguisher in anger. It's in actual, physical, practical use, what it's designed for. See, I've never used that in anger part. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I've yeah. never used that gun in anger until I shot you <laughs> okay, in the it leg. It works for certain things. <laughs> <laughs> I never used that club for it. So I used it Somebody messaged us said, let me know if I'm off, off the wall here for using the term. Uh, I, you know, I've never used what three words in anger. Yeah, you're right <laughs> off the wall, buddy. <laughs> Makes sense to my head. <laughs> um... Queensland, Australia. Oh, uh-huh. they got a new use for a canoe. Oh yeah, you mentioned something about this. Yeah, a team of Queensland scientists, Queensland, 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 Queensland. Queensland. Uh, scientists have traded their lab coats for paddles and canoes as they scour the Brisbane River, hunting for new varieties of taro. Um, the taro root, right? Yeah, it's starchy vegetable crop that could help improve food security in the Pacific. Oh, okay, so it's like a. So it sounds like a. They say it's a starchy food. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's like a, a big pot- root thing. So it's like a potato type thing. It gives you its. Well, if you, I'm sure I've seen them in the thing. If it looks like, I think a giant, like a really giant, like parsnip looking yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, they say that. Uh, the the domesticated varieties are a staple food in many Pacific countries, and they're under threat from climate change. Uh, this one uh, physiologist, uh, Millicent Smith, she says, Our nearest neighbors in the Pacific are very vulnerable to the effects of climate change, particularly in the coastal regions, where rising sea levels and lowering water tables lead to saline soils. So the salt's getting really in there, and it's killing some of these plants. So now they're going along the waterways in canoes with the iNature um, so it's app. A, it's a photo recognition app. Yeah. It, it, you take a picture of a plant, it tells you what the plant is. I was using it here, and I, when I go to Algonquin, I use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can just, if there's a plant, you don't know what it is. Yeah. Like a mushroom or a plant or a tree or mm-hmm. whatever. You just take a picture of it, and it goes, boop. Pops up and goes. Oh, this is what what is, is and it shows pictures what, yeah. and and stuff like that. So that's what they're doing now. Is they're just paddling the waterways to find uh, uh, the tarot that isn't in the uh, saline soil and the uh, and whatnot. Oh, I, know. I was trying to figure out what I just saw the sentence here. It says they're trying to find 
new types of taro mm-hmm. that are resistant to salt. Yeah. So back sense. in the 90s, they had this blight, the, a leaf blight. It's a fungus. And that nearly wiped out the industry in the 90s. And what they did is they found a similar, they started sort of doing the same sort of thing, where they found varieties of the taro that were resistant to the leaf blight. And then they started planting that one and the industry came back, mm-hmm. right? So now that's what they're going to do here is find ones that are resistant to uh, the, the the salt and get the thing going. But it's pretty cool that all they do is – and they said that it's a fun way to do it because you're paddling all weekend. Yeah. You're out paddling all weekend. You see, oh, I'm getting click, paid to do click, this. Click, <laughs> click, click. <laughs> How do I get that job? Uh, we're using the app called iNaturalist which is a publicly available app. It's really helpful and it actually identifies everything for you. You take a photo of it. It will suggest what the species might be. Then it will automatically be added to your project so we can see where you found it. Um, Yeah. So I've been using the same app on my trips. Yeah. Right. When uh, my wife and daughter decide they were going to redo our garden this year. They bought this, they bought that, they bought this, they bought that. And it's like, well, that one says foxglove, that one says foxglove, that one says, and they all look different, <laughs> right? And then it's like, oh, I can't remember what that one is. So I just pulled out the app, bloop, 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 bloop. Oh, apparently those are three different varieties of foxglove, and that's a St. Andrew's something or other. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's, it's pretty cool. cool. Huh. Uh, the bird call version of this... Don't even bother. It doesn't work? No. Apparently, I have a loon in my backyard, <laughs> and everything under the sun was, oh, I can't remember what bird it was, but we had cardinals, right? Like, I'm looking at the cardinal, and you hold it, and it records the it noise. Says, That's a mockingbird. Oh, the mockingbird. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. We've Because we've had this conversation. <laughs> no, I just thought of that because um, uh, the yeah. mockingbird has, uh, has its, it can mimic other calls, and uh, is it the mockingbird that also lays its eggs in other birds' nests? Oh, that I don't know. Anyways, the mockingbird can mimic other birds. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what it's saying. It's this this mockingbird. And I'm like, no, it's I'm looking right at it. It's cardinal. <laughs> like, yeah, so don't get that one. So that's pretty cool that they're using the uh, that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, could you imagine just, well, I'm going paddling for the weekend. But it's for work. <laughs> It's it's work. Sure it is. <laughs> sure it is. So that, that reminds me, uh, and I I had said something about this earlier, but it was I saw this thing on Discovery Channel. There, you know, invasive species and stuff. There's a there's an invasive species of plant on the Hawaiian Islands, and they're they're really serious about eradicating this invasive species. So they developed a specific. Uh, um, not insecticide, a planticide. What do you call that? It's a plant killer, whatever. Weed killer. Yeah, weed killer. Some kind of plant killer thing. It's it's, but it's targeted specifically for this plant. So you could whack a bunch of trees and plants with it. It won't kill it unless it hits hits this tree. And what they did is, uh, so Hawaii is has cliffs and rainforest and stuff. So they they, it's an easily recognizable plant. Big leaves with some red in it, and. Uh, so they just they put this uh, this plant aside, or 
I'm going to have to figure that word out. Planticide. <laughs> he committed planticide. They, they put this plant, in anger. <laughs> they put this plant killing stuff inside paintballs and they fly over the rainforest in Hawaiian Islands. And somebody just leans out the window all strapped in and he paintballs these plants on the cliff sides and, and kills these invasive species. And I just thought, that's wild. That's Somebody's paid to shoot trees from a helicopter. With a paintball gun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you find the word I'm looking for? Weed killer. Weed killer? Weed killer. Roundup. <laughs> Weed killer. Anyways, it's like there's what? Insecticide, fungicide, planticide. I don't know. Planticide. I'm sure people can email us and tell me what word I'm looking for. Planticide. <laughs> he committed planticide <laughs> in anger. <laughs> Feed me, Simo. Let's take a quick break here, and we'll come yes. back with a couple other little. We'll come back here. We'll come back with another name for with another name for planticide. <laughs> and uh, actually, we'll uh, maybe try out this uh, North Country Keller beer. Yeah. Alrighty, we'll for- be back in a second. Hey, this is Sean Rowley, and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. Derek, what did you find out? <laughs> so, so it, it's, oh, I, what I found it is not called a, a planticide. It's called, it's called a herbicide, apparently. <laughs> and I knew that. I was, I, I'm, I, I'm old. <laughs> You're just forgetting stuff now. But I, I, I found the actual story about the uh, Hawaiian scientists who are battling invasive species with a herbicide shooting paintball guns. So, so that's interesting. I, I, they take the Rambo approach, they say. Yes, yes. So it's very unique. It's very interesting. But uh, look at this. From 2013 that uh, this was, uh, they were started doing this. So uh, I that's pretty good memory for remembering that it happened. I just couldn't remember the... Uh, Details. The correct version of planticide. <laughs> something happened. I remembered something happened to deal with plants and, and death. All the details. I even described the, the plant is a large leaf plant with some red in it. And that's totally correct. So, anyways, I remembered everything, all the details, except for, except one, for one word. Thing. That one key element. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, moving along. Herbicide. <laughs> Herbicide. Oh. <laughs> uh, not this weekend. Next weekend. We're supposed to be heading up to uh, Queen Elizabeth II Wildlands. Yes. New tripping. Mm-hmm. November. Yeah, I'm excited. Well, I, it, Four really, days. It depends nights. on the weather. That's that's where these late season trips can... Well, we talked about it earlier on the trip, paddling in the rain. 
and so on. But you know, I, I think for pretty, I'm ready for any weather. Really, I enjoy going out and camping and canoeing and stuff like that. As long but, as there's no bugs. But there, <laughs> exactly. That's the bane of my existence. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I'm ready to go. I've uh, you know, I, I I had thought about bringing the uh, bringing a uh, a winter tent with a wood stove, mm-hmm. but the whole thing is dependent on that. <laughs> There's a 1,400 meter portage. <laughs> now, I think the water level will be too low. Yeah. However, I was informed that there is a little path you can take and put in your canoe and paddle that marshy area that this portage goes around. Oh, yeah? And there's only a couple liftovers and a small portage. Okay, yes. I saw that too. Uh, yes. So there, it's it's not 100% uh, connected. And so you might be in and out. So And oftentimes, which is why there'd be portage, it's a pain in the butt to load and unload your canoe repeatedly, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's... Uh, well, it's it, supposed to be liftovers except for that last yeah, one, which is a portage. Yeah. But leftovers mean that you're going to be standing in water and it's November. And <laughs> What's this wee business? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's the big thing is like, oh, do I want to do a 1,400 kilometer or 1,400 meter, uh, meter portage? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. And uh, so there's that 1,400 meter, but there's also the uh, Ganaraska Trail System. And this is the Devil's Lake uh, section. And so you can take it right from the parking lot and go right to that lake. And, uh, but it's like four kilometers. So you're saying we could just forget all the paddling. And just and portage. Just do a four kilometer just portage. portage. <laughs> and you can walk right into the campsites. I wonder who would get there first. Well, I thought about that. It's like, well, what if I, you know, if I was not packed too heavy, I didn't have a wood stove and a winter tent. If I just portaged right straight in, mm-hmm. because the people that are getting in and out of the water and unpacking a canoe and repacking a canoe, uh, that's going to take some extra time. But so will having a heart attack on a uh, four kilometer portage. That'll but take some time too. You've got to paddle because that's a big paddle north. Yes. To get to that yep. one and a half kilometer portage. Mm-hmm. And then you do the one and a half kilometer portage. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to be paddling as much Six as I can. One half doesn't the other. Mm-hmm. But so I, what did you do? I took my canoe for a walk. <laughs> it sat on my shoulders and we went for yeah. a four kilometer walk. <laughs> what a great time. It was awesome. <laughs> well, on the, on the main lake that we're going to be camping on, it's, uh, we'll be, you know, there's going to be every day we're going to be there. We're going to be paddling and less of course. Well, that's not what I was told. I was told that there is a, hike or something oh yes there is a hike so basically we're portaging all so that weekend. we could go hike <laughs> correct <laughs> <laughs> or <laughs> we could just hike to the place where we need to go yeah hike yeah is what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm still trying to be sold on this trip. <laughs> anyway, it was interesting because uh, Martin got the ball rolling on the questions. So he's he's not fully he's not fully committed, 
And so he asked the questions, so I answered some questions, and somebody else had some questions, so I answered some more questions, and Mike answered some questions, and then Mike asked some questions, and, and then Mike, he, he stops, he goes, Derek, you're taking all the fun out of this. Stop asking questions. <laughs> I think the last questions were, are there thunder boxes? Yeah, that was Martin's thing. He, he was stating that he didn't think there were, and then I found some trip reports where it talked about thunder boxes exist but not on all sites and i don't care if i got a portage four kilometers as long as i can <laughs> sit comfortably and poop it's important. <laughs> it's important that's what it sounds like it's coming down to i was a trip didn't happen why because we couldn't sit comfortably and poop <laughs> in the woods <laughs> it's it's uh that time of year when it might potentially going to be raining it can, it can be awkward pooping in the rain when you're uh squatting over a hole that you dug in the dirt i just won't poop this is a very graphic conversation <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk <laughs> you know what i mean it, it's a whole different ball game at this time of the year. now was it mike and marcus that we had pictures of one of them was leaning over the front of the canoe chopping ice oh because the 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 bay they were in froze over during the night for some reason every time i think of that story when i tell people that story i tell people that story that it was you really so if it wasn't i know marcus was one of them i know Mar yeah so i, I thought it was, it was you and marcus so it must no, be mike it and might, marcus. must have been mike because yeah. it wasn't you and it wasn't me yeah i wasn't yeah i don't yeah. i've never chopped ice in front of a canoe no but they, the story that i had heard from whomever it was uh they had gone in it was a late season trip in like november and they paddled in and when they woke up the next morning there was like uh they had to get into the water. Like the middle of the lake was still open, but mm -hmm. it was a calm night. So there was like six or eight feet of ice on the edge of the shore that they had to chop through because it had frozen up that solid enough yeah. that they weren't, they couldn't paddle. Or maybe through. it was me and I just so horrified. <laughs> I blocked it You've from blocked my it brain. From <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've burned that out of my memory cells. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, the only thing really, as much as you don't want the rain, especially at this time of year, because mm -hmm. you really can't... And if we're not taking a hot tent or anything, you're not really getting everything dry. Correct. So every, It's going to be know, a damp weekend. So everything's going to be damp. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, the weather says, the forecast 14 days in advance, says uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday... Uh, Friday and Saturday should be decent. Sunday is going to be some scattered showers, and then Monday is going to be... Bleh. Oh, you already looked at the forecast. Yeah. yeah, I haven't even looked yet. Yeah, I just... I do. So I'm going to be paddling with an umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> I brought umbrellas on camping trips before. When I knew it was going to rain a lot, it's like, well, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to get too wet. That's what a tarp's <laughs> for. <laughs> I'll sit in the front of the canoe with my umbrella and the person who's at the stern has to do all the paddling. <laughs> I'll face backwards yeah. and converse. <laughs> we just need more different things to make the weekend worse. <laughs> yes, like a zombie apocalypse. You don't like meteorites, flying bugs. I don't like snakes. What if we genetically modify ah, flying, flying snakes? Snakes wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something? You're sitting at your campsite. I don't. I I would have to say that I don't have any issues at all with snakes, but a flying snake. I think 
I can guarantee I'll have a problem with that. I would think so. I guarantee that if a snake, if you're just hiking along and, and snakes are flying up and biting you. That's an issue. Yeah, I'm not sure I, I would be happy with that. I, I, I might have issue. I would not appreciate nature at that point. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, getting out there for a early November canoe trip. Yes, yes. Yeah, you know what? As long as I don't, I don't mind the cold. I mean, yeah, you get up, start you deal moving, with it. Yeah. deal with it. Move but, around, uh, have a nice fire. Eh, it's just if it starts getting wet. So, can you hear that? Yes, I can hear that. Forgot they turned the furnace on yesterday. <laughs> I wonder how the audio is going to pick it up. <laughs> Looks like it's picking it up pretty good. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. End of October, and they turned the air con- or the uh, heat on. The heat on. Yeah. So, uh, let's talk Seattle. Yes, ca- canoe carving house. Seattle Design Commission is working to develop the Northwest Native Canoe Center uh, in Lake Union Park, still in its design phase. There's going to be two buildings uh, near the shore of Lake Union. One's going to be called the Welcome House, and the other's the Canoe Carving House. So the, the project was proposed by the United Indians of All Tribes Foundation. Uh, and Seattle Parks and Recreation earlier in the year with the concept design presented in February. Um, the whole thing is it's supposed to be starting next year. It's been in, you know, people have been wanting this for many years. More than a t- more than 2,800 square foot canoe carving building will be built in the northwest corner of the park in the style of a contemporary coast Salish, single-story timber post and uh, beam structure, according to the commission. Concept design includes large glass doors and windows, as well as a living roof that extends over the beach, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, Native carvers will be able to make their canoes, and the public will be able to learn about Native American culture. Guides will be on hand to teach guests about the Northwest Native American practices and beliefs in building canoes passed down through generations. I'm thinking that there's going to be a lot more of this stuff happening within the next decade. Yes, it, there's, it's a renaissance of, uh, of uh, so in Canada, there's the Truth and Reconciliation uh, Commission and so on. So we're, we're bringing this back and, and uh, a lot of the... Uh, you, you see it more and more where natives are getting their the next generation reinterested in mm-hmm. their heritage. I think that's a fantastic thing. Well, that and like you say with the with the the building stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, whether they're 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 um, shelters or canoes or just how they used to do exactly. stuff. Getting yeah. those those things back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's lost yes. because they just don't they haven't done that stuff yeah. in how long, right? Yeah. Uh, so getting the indigenous people back out there and celebrate their heritage. That's exactly celebrate. That's what I was looking for. Uh, facility fits directly into the mission and will provide educational and cultural opportunities that reconnect indigenous people to their heritage and will strengthen their sense of belonging. Center 
uh, while the center would celebrate and share the history of the region's Native American community, it's also history that would become an issue for the project. According to the design commission, the proposed site for the carving house was once the site of a lumber mill, which means that layers of debris and waste have created poor geological conditions. This means that costly foundations may be necessary to protect against unstable ground, which runs about 50 feet deep. That number blew my mind. So the ground is built up so much with sawdust that there's 50 50 feet feet of of sawdust that's become earth. That's like eight of me. (laughs) (laughs) Eight me's tall. It's incredible, eh? (laughs) So much sawdust. Wow. Wow. It's amazing. And so, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a very unstable platform to build on because it's you, anything you build, it's either going to float on the surface, but if you need a good foundation, that means you've got to drive pilings down 50 feet until you get either bedrock or some firm you know, ground to, to build it on. So, you know, you don't want the ground settling and cracking foundation and so on, right? Mm-hmm. So it's going to be, it's going to end up being costly it's just because of that. going to be costly. Uh, the foundations could impact the design of the building and drive the costs that are both, like you say, the, the carving house and future welcome house, uh, which will house a multi-use space for events, a gift shop, a catering kitchen, interactive displays to teach the public about canoe carving. Is inter- I don't think I've ever heard the word canoe carving. Yeah, so it would be this. like dugouts, right? So that's yeah. that's what they're getting at. Carving House is expected to cost just over a million dollars with the majority of funding coming from the Opportunity Fund. Constructors, uh, construction expected to begin next year. The United Indians of All Tribes Foundation is currently raising money for the Welcome House on its website. So if you want to uh, check out more about that, and they actually got a little bit of a write-up there, uh, and if you want to help help out by donating... Go to www.unitedindians.org or just Google Canoe Carving House. Uh, um, I tried Build a Canoe Center. It didn't work. So if you Google Northwest Native Canoe Center or Native Canoe Center, it pops up pretty much immediately. Alrighty, Then do that. Uh, interesting to see. Uh, if it's built, and we can head out sh- uh, Seattle way eventually. Yeah. Because my daughter wants to go back out to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. I have family out there. Do you? Mm-hmm. Oh. Did I know that? I knew that. Yeah, my brother yeah, lives out there. Lives out there. He used to live in, on the mainland near Vancouver. Now he's back on the island and on, on Vancouver Island up in Souk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Just my daughter was July. just out that way and uh, saw lots of pictures. And yeah. they went whale watching. They took the sea bus. They took the ferry. They... Hung around Wreck Beach. Wreck Beach, yes. Mm -hmm. Right by Vancouver. So, yeah. That's uh, a a lovely place to go. I uh, I lived out there for five years and I miss it. I miss it greatly. Why don't you go back? I want to go back. (laughs) You'd love me to go back too. (laughs) Why don't you go back? You can commute from there. Uh, The last thing I think we have. Now... When we went to the up to Moosonee a couple years back, uh, Tidewater Provincial Park was closed that time of year, and we had to get permission from the Moose River Cree to actually allow you to allow use us to use yeah. the, uh, a campsite because it was closed there. for the season and they yeah. control it. Yeah, yeah. So, so the North French River watershed, which is nine hours north of here, 
north of Toronto, sits on the traditional territory of the Moose Cree First Nation, which for decades has been striving to protect the area from further development. And that's always been all through northern Quebec, Ontario, all that. Just everybody wants to put dams and yeah. logging and mining and, and all exactly. that. Exactly. Right? Uh, they've been trying to protect the, the area from further development. The nation's past efforts were rebuffed by successive Ontario provincial governments. And now they have to work with Doug Ford, its administration whose environmental track record is not the greatest. Um, but there is renewed hope for the watershed. Talks are now underway to designate the area as an indigenous, protected, and conserved area. IPCA. IPCA yeah. To preserve the Moose Cree First Nations water, land, and cultural traditions from mining, logging, and development. This is awesome for them, but also as, you know, sort from a selfish point of view. Yeah, it's good for For everybody. recreational canoeists yeah. and paddlers. Mm-hmm. This is awesome to be yeah. able to help out with something like this. Because we know that there's lots of areas like, uh, well, we know up north uh, in Tomogamy area, and uh, solace lands and stuff like that. There's still pressure on those areas to for logging, mm-hmm. and it's this constant battle with logging companies to not you know destroy the riparian areas and the, the watersheds and so on. And it's just sometimes the government has more interest in business than it does in in saving and preserving the land. So it's nice to see that they're getting a foothold. They're actually being successful in negotiating with the federal and provincial government to protect their uh, their watersheds from mining and logging and other development. So, Well, even this one of the spokesmen here, John Turner, um, land use coordinator and member of the Moose Cree First Nation, says even in light of the current government, they're willing to work with yeah, us. Yeah, so they're coming around. The Fort, yeah, the Fort yeah. is coming around. Um, there's, there's a whole bunch of political stuff that's been going on in the past and all that sort of stuff and trying to get, uh, designated as an I, an IPCA has not been the easiest thing. There's all these millions of dollars being thrown around. Um, but it's the way they, the government wants things done a certain way. I think the government is still trying to retain control. As always. On a lot of it, which, yeah. yeah. And now it sounds like they're going to hopefully um, bend and help out. Yeah. Well, they have, the federal government has set aside a chunk of money. Mm-hmm. So there's a, they're, they're, they have announced $166 million for IPCAs as part of the push to give First Nations Control an agency over their territories and federal target of protecting 25% of land and 25% of oceans by 2025. And in the short term, they just to get this IPCA off the ground and, and to for the, for the North French River watershed, they're giving First Nations 225000 over three years to develop a land use plan. That's the federal government. And it's the provincial government that's been the problem. So yes, so right. we were talking about provincial lands. Federal government is uh, giving money and and uh, you know helping control and and get the IPCA off the ground. But the federal or the provincial governments are still they're, they're still kind of stuck in the uh, 
you know, it's where tax money comes from, letting businesses develop land for either mining, logging, and so on. It's like, well, you know, we have to start protecting some of these areas. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I don't think it's a choice. I think it's a need and necessity to start protect. And I'm not thinking as a paddler. I'm just thinking as, as a, as a person, a Canadian that we, we need to start protecting some of our areas because uh, for the most part, we've, most Canadians live within, what is it, 50 kilometers of the border? Like 80 yeah. to 90% of Canadians live within 50 kilometers of the border. And we have pretty much just wasted that that land we've uh, through development and overuse and so it's you, you have to go up north to actually appreciate the fact that we do have so much open land and and it's time to start protecting land as we you know this constant development pushing north and you know they're they're logging so far north now that uh, we're talking north end of tomogamy with a, a lot so much logging and stuff going on and uh, it's I, I get it. Uh, you know, people need to make money, and and we do need uh, to, you know, the wood, wood to build buildings. We, it's it's a fact. We do need it, but there's lots of areas that don't have to be so tightly protected, and nobody has any claim to them, or nobody is desiring a claim to them. So move on and let us protect the the park areas and and native lands and forests and and watersheds. And we have to really consider that going forward. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get off my soapbox, <laughs> but you know it's it makes sense. We need to we need to focus on some of these areas that we should be protecting instead of just thinking big business. Well, Ontario and the Moose Cree are working together now uh, on a land pl- use plan. So half of it would govern an area of the watershed that contains no resource development. The other half covers the already developed southern parts of the watershed. Uh, an IPCA would would go a long way in protecting the nation's way of life, he adds, uh, John Turner. Uh, and that's a, a, lot, a lot of what it's about as well. Um, he says, uh, I've, I've, was really, it was really bad before. I've seen people's livelihoods destroyed by logging companies. People have a really good productive trap line, right? Because there's mm-hmm. a lot up oh, there, yeah. they're still on the trap lines. And you have two or three of those machines working there. The logging companies can completely clear out a whole trap line in a year. It takes 15 to 20 years, which is nearly a generation, mm-hmm. for that trap line to become productive yeah. following a clear cut. Uh, so that that's the big, big thing right there is we have to have that protected, get the watershed protected. Because like you say the watershed starts up there mm-hmm. and... Any part of it along the way affects everything south of it. Yeah. Right? So. One thing that uh, I grew up in New Brunswick, and one thing I noticed from growing up in New Brunswick, and they still do it to this day, is uh, for the most part, Irving Irving Oil, Irving Pulp and Paper, they, when they log an area, they go right straight back in and they plant new trees and they cultivate a new pine forest and then when in 20 years they can harvest it again plant it again 20 Mm -hmm. years later and so they've got this good cycle of replanting and reharvesting and so they're using continuously the same land just like we do planting a cornfield and rotating with soybean and yada 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 it's it's this regenerative crop and and I don't see that happening much in Ontario, and it's uh, it's a shame that uh, they're just clear cutting and and then just letting it do what it wants, and mostly birch trees pop up in behind them, and and that's not really thinking of the future. We should be replanting like New Brunswick does. 
Yeah, I know in Algonquin they do the selective logging and they're supposed it, to. So it's selective logging, yeah. but I don't know that they're replanting. I thought there was replanting Is being there? done, yeah. Um, because then, yeah, after so many years, I can go back and hit that area again, right? Uh, but up there, uh, preservation of clean water sits at the heart of the IPCA negotiations, mm-hmm. partly because of its spiritual significance. Life requires clean water stretching for generations in the past and future. So we'll have to keep an eye on that and see what happens. Yeah. And so we try to keep, we try to be non-political on this. Uh, so it was, we, we questioned how we're going to discuss this and talk about this, but uh, we thought it was important enough that it was worth mentioning the fact that the, that they, we are, that they are creating these indigenous protected and conserved areas, the IPCAs. And so I think this is a good way to go. And this, this does protect uh, the future for all of us. And, and uh, instead of thinking big business, we need to be thinking more for sustainability, future sustainability going forward and not just, you know, raising everything to the ground and, and saying, you know, we've got some money out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's all I've got this week. That's all I had. Is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, what do you think of this? Uh, oops, what is it? This, is that Keller beer? It was good. I liked it. Yeah, the North Country. Mm-hmm. Bosch Kung. So, uh, yeah, again, Jolene and, and Jason, uh, thanks very much for the beer. Yeah. It was tasty. It was. And just so you guys know, we're not hammering back beers here. We each shared a beer. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, not, we didn't like, you know, <laughs> we weren't drinking with any glass. There's, we got, we got <laughs> one beer and a glass and we both have straws. <laughs> <laughs> People have made comments before. It's like, we're, we're not hammering back beers while we record. No, we do it when we're after. Yeah, we do it. Res- <laughs> <laughs> we're responsible. Yes, we're responsible because Derek does have to drive yeah. drive here. and uh, So I can hammer back the beer. Yes, you don't have to go anywhere. Yeah, I don't have to go anywhere. I just got to stumble <laughs> up the two flights of stairs. Yeah. Gravity pulls me back down. Exactly. I got to start again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's all you got then? That's all I got. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Well, we do. Our trip coming up, our trip that just happened, everything in here... Well, the only thing I would add is that we're at 298. Yeah, 298, 299 is next week. Mm-hmm. And then 300 is November 11th. Yes. Big things happen on November 11th. Mm-hmm. The last big thing that happened paddle-related on November 11th was our uh, paddleboard adventure. And oh we had yes, to do the, we had two minutes of silence we had to out have on the two minutes of silence on Frenchman's Bay. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. So yeah, episode three hundred coming up November eleventh this year. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I we we have no yeah. concrete plan. Well, we sort of do, but it depends we on tried, the weather. Yeah, so it depends on the weather. We had initially had some really good ideas, but plans fell through, and uh, and now it's uh, it was really weather dependent. Yeah. We're just going fishing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Well, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, you can download or stream episodes on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. Oh! 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 <laughs> Apparently, we are... Was it the 8th or 18th? 
I'm going to say eighth just because. Uh, popular sports related podcast in Finland. Well, look at that. It's got to be 18. I'm sure it's eight. I think it's eight. People listen to us in Finland? Yeah, That's apparently. Cool. All seven of them. <laughs> I, that's awesome. I don't know how many sports happen in yeah. sports podcasts are happening. Well, that's pretty in, cool. Yeah. It's so weird to think that people in other countries are listening to us. It's kind of surreal. Like, you don't think of it that way. I just think that I'm doing this for me. I'm not even... even thought it people, was like three family members were I know, listening. right? Even if people didn't listen, I, I might be still doing this just because it's... Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's a You just like to sit over here and drink beer and yeah. listen to yourself. Yeah. It's not like we make money off this. No. <laughs> We're definitely at a not deficit. I told you, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, you know my new Lamborghini out there, by the way. <laughs> anyway, that's the other thing I was thinking of. I knew yeah. there was something else. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I'm going to say it's 18th top most listened to podcast in Finland. Well, hello, everybody in Finland. Yeah. Thanks Would for you, listening. Yeah. Much, much, much. Uh, We've heard from people happy in Germany, Australia, Australia, South America. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, there's some Nordic it's, countries. It's kind of wild well. to think that we have a global reach. I know, eh? Fools! It's <laughs> 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 pretty crazy. Yeah. People listen to us. Yeah. It's mind blowing. Yeah. yeah. So we're just going to start making stuff up. We now. are very appreciative for everybody yes. that listens. Very much. Very much. Um, where was I? Oh, yeah. Uh, you all said, your favorite podcast downloading yeah. sites. Yeah, that's what happens. I got this little thing I read each week. <laughs> otherwise, I forget. Alan messed me up with it one day, too. Uh, you can go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com and listen to all the episodes there as well. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it with your friends, family, and fellow paddlers. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>